All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
Yeah. Marston doesn't know how to battle. He's got mm-hmm. at least a decade and a half until he learns how to battle. That's why he didn't sign here. Yeah. There's a criteria. Yeah. You have to battle. And how much of the, like, <laughs> you got to think like at least he would probably never admit it, but for Mike Smith, you have to think that's something in that series that was driving him for oh, motivation. Yeah. Cause he was his replacement. Yeah. yeah. Right? They went for yeah. Markstrom first and then looped back to Mike Smith. Think of that. Yeah. Had to be something like mm-hmm. that. I Dan, think it, that's just in his system, though. Like yeah, that dude yeah. does. That wow. dude's not like to lose. It's in his. It's in his personality. That first game didn't go the way he wanted it. The couple goals didn't go the way he wanted. It. He just kept fighting through it. And now you're going I, to the series where you might play Colorado, and the others tried to acquire Darcy Kemper this season mm-hmm. to replace yeah. Mike Smith. Yep. Kemper should be worried. Mm. Yeah, Colorado should be worried that, that they too. might get eliminated by St. Louis. Oh come on, now. <laughs> Dan. Coming to you, what is the most for the delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle? What was the most impressive part of the series for you? I uh, yeah, I, Rick, you kind of hit it on the head, and I I just kind of narrow in more on the moment for me. It was when uh, is there something wrong with my audio? Oh, you're good. No, you're good. Okay. Uh, it was when it was in game two when this team went down two nothing in that game early, and like Rick said. That was a fold up the tents and we're going to go to the next game kind of moment in the in the pre Woodcroft era mm-hmm. of these Oilers. And it just wasn't the case for this team this year. Uh, it, you saw it again last night. We were down two nothing. And did anybody in the room feel like they were in trouble? No, like, me. no. I know. I know we had a three one series lead. But then on top of that, you just had confidence that two nothing was not a deficit we were worried about. Mm. You as you guys mentioned, the the. The Flames allowed more than four goals, but how many times did the Flames score more than four goals? They haven't done it. I think they've done it twice in the last like 15 games. That that team just always has had an issue with offense, and it came to rear its ugly head again during this play, or just during this series, and the Oilers dominated on the offense. Leon Dreisaitl had more points than their entire first line. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that thing where Leon Dreisaitl will be third yeah. in playoff scoring if he just took his points from the Calgary series? It's it's crazy, it's crazy. what they're doing. <laughs> Leon, what was the most impressive then, part of the series for you? Oh, sorry, Dan, go ahead. I was just going to say with that point too from Liam, Liam, I think McDavid against the Kings was like seventh most points in the playoffs so far this year. So most impressive. Yep. Zach Hyman. How can you not love it? How can you not? A goal in every single game of the series. It was crazy. And he just, he was just scoring them at such important times. And like last night hit the post as well, right at the end there, didn't he? So like that could have been a huge one. So I would give mine to him because he, he had a decent first series. Yep. And then to show up and play exceed all those expectations even more. So and that emotion on his face every time he every scores time. a goal? Come he on. Scoring time. goals. Does anybody get more? Well, okay, maybe me, but does anybody get more excited than Hyman? No. It's just like. McDavid. Yeah. So oh, that fired wow. up. So fired up when, when Hyman scores. Like just this, the, the photos that we've had of him throughout the series as he's scored and just the excitement and the celebration. Incredible. Bag milk. You, get, need, to, you need to get back on the uh, sending cards. Oh, absolutely. And start shipping them out to uh, like the, like the six. <laughs> Ship them out to the six. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for not re-signing him. You know? I was just going to say, do you think Leaf fans could go back now and, and take a swing at Hyman instead of bunting as the offense? I want to know which, wow. which players off that team they'd be willing to get rid of to keep Hyman right now. Yeah, I think, I think really, say. at the end of the day, the only guy I, don't, I think would be uh, Matthews. Yeah, maybe. Marner's going to be right up there, but I think in a in a playoff series, you're going to want to uh, you're going to want Hyman a little bit more. 
Yeah. Like, like I mean, nobody else did have a good year, but he oh, obviously 100%. what Zach Hyman's doing right now is just, uh, it's, just it's just incredible. Yeah. Like he's just on a total different level. And for all this talk about all oh, the Oilers superstars carry them, blah, 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 blah. Like Zach Hyman did some really, really good stuff in that series. I get that McDavid and Drysdale assisted on the goals, but like Hyman put him in the back of the net. He scored a big shorty. I mean, he scored in every game. Like they don't win in five if it's That's not crazy, for Zach Hyman. Man. Well, was that and, not an issue against Chicago? Was that not an issue against Winnipeg that we just didn't have the guys who yep. finished the, the shots? Well, and that's what is so know. funny to me where it's kind of like the... I, I was really surprised to hear Calgary go with giving the Oilers bulletin board material after so game three where they said, oh, well, we got beat by one guy. Well, which one guy was it? Is it Connor on one night? Is it Leon every single night? Hyman scored every game. Vander Kane fucking lights out good again. Nugent Hopkins had his own game. Mike Smith outdueled the Vezina candidate in Markstrom. 13. Which one guy was it? Yes, Apuliarvi, his first goal of the series was an absolute beauty hustling to the net. Big yeah. man moving. Need that one. Evan... Evan Bouchard with the bombs from all over. Yeah. Evan Bouchard, he really impressed me with his ability to get pucks through on the net. Yep. Tell me your guys aren't like through the moon, through the roof excited about the youth on this team right now. Yamo. McLeod had McLeod. a good night. He didn't McLeod. score, but he had a great Bouchard. night. Bouchard. Yeah. Come on. Those, th- those three guys alone are going to be massive players in the NHL the way they're going right now. Oh, Tyler, yeah. most impressive part of round one for you. Their resiliency and mental toughness. And it's hard to quantify something like that, but they trailed every game against the Calgary Flames in Calgary. In Calgary. They trailed by two goals at one point. Ended up pulling out two wins. <laughs> you, said wins. All, two wins you said it all playoffs long. It. You're not in trouble unless you lose at home. Yeah. Calgary lost at home twice. Yeah. But they were down by two goals every game in Calgary. And every game, even the one they lost, they came back and tied it up at some point. Yep. And that game, they were down by more than two. Like, their ability to just not be phased by going down. And, you know, they go down 2 nothing. They don't change how they're playing. Uh-uh. Just, no, we're going to keep trying to force our game on the Calgary Flames. And they did it time and time again. It even shone through when Smith gave up the field goal from the other end of the ice. You think traditionally that crumbles the Edmonton Oilers. No, they came out. They, 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 had, they owned they the rest better. of that game. They owned the yeah. rest of that game. Yeah, it was almost like this weird wake-up call where they were like, all right, shit, let's get to work. And they did. And just that right there, I think it's a product of the message that the coaching staff sends them. I, I think it really is. Jay Woodcroft has this team in a fantastic mindset. And I think it's the leadership of this team as well. And that's Connor, and that's Leon, and that's the vets that they've brought in. Like, all of it. It's just so much was impressive. But the way they were able to just not get phased by going down, not get phased by breaks not going their way and stuff like that was incredibly, incredibly impressive. For me, the most impressive part about this series, you guys nailed it all with the players from Connor all the way down the lineup, but the way Jay Woodcroft was able to adjust on the fly when he felt like he needed to and the moves were working always, and he's going up against a cup winner on the other side. This is the first time he's been in the Stanley Cup Finals as a head coach in the NHL. And yes, he's had a lot of experience in the playoffs as an assistant coach, but this is his first time running the show. And just the adjustments he made, like last night, felt he needed a a boost. So he swaps Hyman and Vander Kane. What does Hyman do? He goes out and puts up three points in a massive uh, game. Yamo and Pugliarvi swap lines too. Yep. And even like benching. Archibald and Cassian last night. Just yep. like, like, okay, Ryan, you're doing well. Then you go and play out and they did well with Fogel. And was that Pugliavi as well? I, I think, think so, yeah. You got switch out of it. Was? Like, yeah, he's not afraid. Yamamoto with the flip in game four, moving him up with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Ends up getting an assist on that game-winning goal for Nuge. So 
to me, how can you not give Jay Woodcroft some love? I cannot wait till that extension comes through because man, has he earned it. Oh yeah. Huge. Uh, I, Dustin Nielsen tweeted today that it could be a five-year extension for a hundred million dollars and no one would care. Nope. I, I said I that, would not long enough. I said that hundred million <laughs> could, could come straight from taxpayer dollars and yeah, no, no one would give a shit. I think Liam, before we started recording, Liam said, I'll start paying him. If <laughs> he's on, he's on nation network payroll just to, like, yeah. to get it done. So there's just from the crease outward to behind the bench, there's a lot of things that went right for the Oilers. And I know we're going to talk about the Blake Coleman thing and Flames fans are understandably upset about it today, but that wasn't the reason they lost the series either. Ew. We're just the better team. I'm sorry. Like we went to 11 and two in the, in, in the middle of the season. And at the end of the day, we were what one win behind them. Well, yeah, and yeah. what about the what about the three previous games before that told the Flames that they were going to guaranteed win that game because they were up by one goal with six minutes left to go? I don't know. That too. Just, oh, to I know me, everyone said that. To I me, that, that team was coming hard. The Oilers were going to come hard and try and push that overtime at least. So I don't know. It's yeah, I get it. Like you said, bag milk. But at the same time, as a fan base that has sat around for five years scratching our heads about what is holding a pad. We, uh, we got it. We got Another it. thing, too, about, uh, and we were talking about this again before we started recording, the Oilers exercised the OT demon last night at the best possible time. They had lost six in a row in the bonus frame, uh, dating back to 2017 against the Anaheim Ducks. So Thanks. that is a stat that, obviously, it's not great, but to have them come out and win last night at the Saddle Dome, send, what, 17,000 people? There's a lot of Oilers fans in there. All those people get them sent home unhappy. One of my favorite shots that Hockey Night in Canada has was the Red Mile, Red Lot, or whatever the fuck it's called, clearing out. I want to see that. It was so good. It was I, everything I needed in that moment. There was a part during the show as well where they were so intense in here and they like panned over some Calgary fans and they were just all dead face, like yes. no emotion. And they panned over the Oilers fans and they're all fist pumping, singing the SS songs. <laughs> oh, yes, it seems very intense for one fan base. Listen, I'm just, I was so tired about this whole series. It's everything about Calgary. Everything Calgary. Calgary's this, Calgary that. Calgary's not doing this, not doing that. The Edmonton Oilers came out and they stopped two 100 point players. They came out and they made a Vesna candidate goaltender look like a regular. Look, you know, look like a tw- uh, yeah, like yeah. Come on, this team needs and deserves more respect from national media, the international media, the local media. They deserve everything they got in this series. Just to kind of doubting us, please. Well, that's what another it's thing too. We talked about it before though. the series started. We're just like you know what, embrace the underdog mentality in the sense that yeah. everybody picked Calgary. The fucking great one picked Calgary. Mark Messier did Mark not. Mark Messier did not refuse to do it, and I'll love the moose for the rest of his life for it. But they took that challenge head on, and they did not give two fucks what anybody thought. We're the better team, and they went on and proved it. Period. Simple. Mm-hmm. They kind of did the same in round one with the Kings too, where they just shut down. Like they shut them down. They were Kent, little. They Kent were a little. They were a little nervous in, yeah. in, in against LA, and you saw a big difference in when they started playing against Calgary. They kind of got that first thing out of the way. They got a first win out of the way against LA, and they came in and they were confident, and nothing was going to hold them back. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm just trying to find it here, but even against the Stars, like Kempe had that one game where he had a couple of goals, the mm-hmm. overtime winner, and Kopitar was not Kopitar in that series either. Like two series straight, the Oilers have done a good job of shutting down the best players on those teams. Yeah. I thought the Flames' well, best player was easily, easily Michael Backlund. Easily. He was good. Yeah. And they needed more than just him. How about Woodcroft in the post-game press conference? 
saying like the names he rattled off. He was like, oh, Backlund gave us a tough go. And then he just did not say Goudreau or Kachuk or Markstrom. He didn't do anything, though. His press conferences uh, were masterpieces throughout this (laughs) playoffs. He is trolling at the highest level, but he's doing it in a way that doesn't seem like he's doing it. He does it so well straight-faced, but when you saw him behind the bench, when he's trying to hold that smile back and he's just got that (laughs) stupid little grin on his face, that little smirk coming out, oh, man, I love this man. I love him, too. His entire mannerisms have been portrayed in that one single gif of him coming off the bench and stopping at the red line. That is so good. He hits that line. And he stops and he waits. And, but he gets, but he right hits, on the line. but he hits that that position too. He hits that yeah. pose. If he doesn't hit that pose, doesn't look as good. He hits that pose, pops the hip out, and just waits. And he was waiting there himself. for a solid few seconds. It's too. almost it's ten. So good. It's almost ten seconds. No coaching staff flanked him or anything. It was all him. And all he whips time. that door open. Oh, dude, that's one of the greatest things you'll have, you'll see out of this whole series. That's the first time we really saw him celebrate at all yep. in any way. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the so like it's so good. Like it's him so jumping good. around on the bench, <laughs> and just the celebrations, all of it. Whether it's Woodcroft. McDavid on the ice doing his new little patented oh. celebration that he did against LA as well. Very iconic. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the iconic McDavid celly, and then McDavid going nuts with Devin Shore in the hallway too. <laughs> Devin Shore, how about Devin Shore? He hasn't played really, no. but he is still the team's ultimate cheerleader right now, and I love every single moment of it. I've watched that clip of McDavid coming down the hallway where the Cowboy and, and Shore just all over him. I love it. This team's a team, man. The team's a family. These guys are all yeah. close. This well, roster like, is going to be tough to stop. Like, how good is it that it was a battle of Alberta? How hollow would this be if we had beaten the Dallas Stars in five games? Not it hollow at all. Feel this, it wouldn't feel the same, Rick, and you know it. Uh, the, I the, promise you my smile would not be any smaller. Oh, man. There's there's something about having the – we have the title of Alberta again. It's now We're now 5-1 and one in the battle of Alberta. It's it's pretty gross to see uh, to see how it's gone for them, but I'm so glad it wasn't us. And you know what? This little bit of rest, I think, is going to help us for our game one doldrums that we've had the last. Well, that is nice too. That like what Dan's point is now, guys like Leon. Although, <laughs> is he actually injured? I, I start to believe he's not. <laughs> Darnell Nurse get a couple of days of rest where they can just chill. Maybe sl- head on over to Connors, sit in the fucking hot tub hot a little tub, bit. Baby. You know, mm-hmm. have some salts in there. Chamber. Speaking I of, I think they're a big sauna team. So lots oh, of sauna nice time. Sauna. For the boys. That'd be nice. Uh, speaking of some injuries, news came out today. I always find this interesting when a team gets eliminated. You find out what players are working through. Over on the Flames side, Chris Tanev was playing with a torn labrum, separated shoulder, and sprained neck. Will be getting surgery next week, according to Rick Dollywall. So I always find that interesting in the playoffs. Is just like everybody is a broken person in this, but they still do it anyway. How did he stand upright? I don't understand. Why were they forcing him to play? Like it's not like he was that crazy. I'm pretty sure he was fucking beating the door down. I mean, Probably, let's face yeah. it. If mm-hmm. you couldn't keep 29 off the ice, you couldn't keep 25 yeah. off the ice. It's going to take a serious. I mean, remember what Bergeron went through a couple years ago? That dude was he's like basically le- dead. Yeah. He was legally half dead. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. This hockey, man. That's what they do. Yep. The delicious debate for our friends at oodle noodle again, 17 locations near you. But if you're celebrating on Friday, you don't want to cook. Maybe you had a late night last night. Our friends at DoorDash will bring it right to you. Go check out Oodle Noodle on DoorDash. Ding dong. Liam, maybe give me one. 
Ding dong. Thank you. That was a good ding That's dong. a live one, too. There we go. Thank you. That was a live Not one. Not even like the soundboard. <laughs> I like that. So let's talk about the other thing everybody's talking about today. Blake Coleman looked like he gave the Flames a 5-4 lead with about, what was it, about six minutes left, something yep. like that? Yeah, just, just inside. I did not expect that goal to come back. I didn't know that. I'll, I'll no be the first to say it. I didn't think it was going to come back. At first, when they was going to review, I'm like, Jeremy Koopel, you clever bastard. Is this well, okay, a- what were you thinking at first? Because at first, I was like, okay, that might have been goalie interference. That's I don't know. I However... I also believe their entrance was going to be really close, which it was. I didn't think it was the entrance because when they showed the angle from behind the net, you could kind of see Coleman hold up. I need, yeah, that's I need why, I, once I, I once they showed that. a replay, then yeah. I was like, okay, it's definitely not this. But then when I thought it was goalie interference when on the ice when it happened because Nuge immediately pointed, yep. and I thought what happened was he had hit Smith and then the puck had gone through. Yep. But clearly that didn't happen. Yeah. And no. then he kicked it. Yeah, so I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was gonna be goalie interference, and then they showed another one. I'm like, okay, he doesn't touch him, so that's a goal. Mm-hmm. And then he used to go off his foot, and then the, like the whole bar just goes quiet as everyone in their heads going, hmm. I think everyone thought it's there's no way. This is it was one of those bad. things where I looked at it, I watched it as they're doing the review. Clearly, was onside, so I'm like, okay. And then they say this isn't a challenge from the Oilers. Mm-hmm. This is a booth review, and I'm like. Oh, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you see the kick thing, and they're like, oh, is that a kick? Is that a kick? I was like, Angles. maybe, but Angles. I don't know that they're going to overturn a goal call on the ice in that moment in game five. It's a broadcast thing, though. Like, you guys aren't, uh, nobody is alone in feeling this way because they, like, the camera angles that we were being shown were just all over the place. Yeah. And it was because they were scrambling to try and figure it out. But they're just the showing all the camera angles. As, they're just all, they, there's a lot of cameras. That angle, though. But as soon as you see that angle where the foot just does that extra little, that the extra ne- little something. The, yeah. The neck cam was the first one to me that, yeah. that kind of set it off. I was like, no, that looks like it. And then there's one that kind of looks down on the crease from, I guess, would have been like Markstrom's left. Yep. So this one, uh, Frank Valley tweeted one that's kind of like above Smith over his glove hand shoulder. That's the one that's the most damning probably where it looks like Coleman gives it a kick. The funny part about it is the goal, the, that was probably going in the net. Yep. Oh, yeah. If he I doesn't mean, touch it, that's a goal. There's an outside chance, a very slim chance. Maybe Nugent Hopkins gets there to clear it, but... Smith wasn't moving. Smith wasn't moving. He nope. thought he had it. Maybe that was going in the net. That so was that was a massive break for the Edmonton Oilers, obviously. But I also, even if that went in and it counted, I wasn't counting them out either. Six minutes left. That was plenty of time for the Oilers to come back and tie yeah. it. They just done it. Yeah, we just went through a minute <laughs> eleven of where like thirty-seven goals went yeah. in the net. So yeah, I was not too worried at that point. But then at that same point, like okay, that's a tough break for Calgary. You still had six minutes in the rest of the third period. You still had overtime to try and close it out. Mm-hmm. You could not get the job done. Yeah, like oh, that I- moment. You could maybe argue it lost them game five, but it didn't lose them the series. I even struggled to say it lost them game five. My take on whether or not it should have counted is it should have counted. Why? I think the rule. I think it should have counted too. The rule is you can can direct the puck in. Correct. And there needs to be a distinct kicking motion. Mm -hmm. The fact that we are debating it this hard means there was not distinct kicking motion. But what's motion. a distinct kicking motion? Because when when he asked, when they asked Sutter, and he's like, oh, it's when someone's laying on the ground, kicks him in the head. Well, yeah, that's that's like the one very far side of it. For a, me, a, distinct a kick, is intentional. Because Reed Wilkins and I, well, I was I think it was intentional in, too, though. Friend of everyone, there's, Reed Wilkins and I, were going through the verbiage in that rule, 49-2, and there's part of it where it says, propelling the puck forward with your foot. After the distinct kicking motion part of the verbiage. So if it's propelling the puck forward with your foot, 
Yes. He did uh, do that. Yeah. See, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you go back to like something like soccer, that ball, you can push the ball with your, with your foot mm-hmm. and that's a kick. It doesn't have to be, you don't like wind up. This is not like a, a field goal. The problem or the thing you have to do though is you just have to watch that Cerevalli angle is really good because you watch Coleman's left leg. There's no motion there it. that is trying to stop. No. That's he's that's he, not he, even he on the ice. Right from the start. He's not he's kicking towards the puck. He's moving his foot towards the puck. And you know what? He like all power to him, really, because the reality is it then goes to the judges and you hope it goes in. Oh, I just did I also after. just I don't know. I think we're doing there's a bit of assuming here and and for them to overturn a call too was the other reason I thought maybe it should have counted is because I just, again, distinct kicking motion. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's not, but is it, do they call that a goal on the ice? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like, I don't know if, if it was flipped the other way, I think I would have been real pissed off if that got overturned on the Oilers. I think another thing too is they talked about this on hockey night in Canada too. You can see CC coming behind him which kind of motions Coleman that way even more. So how much interference did CC have on his leg to push him in that direction? He didn't push but him from I, his I, knee I, down I to know, extend his foot out. The it's the leg contact. extension, like, like Rick contact. said. To me, that's where that's where the kick comes and in. It's, and it's at like the very last second, too. And that's why I thought it was interesting, Kevin Bieksa, which I feel very weird agreeing with him all the time. He's a really good he's broadcaster. He's so good on television. But he said, listen, if if he's not trying to kick that puck in the net, his left skate, which is the one that ultimately pushed should it over, nice. should have been parallel with the right going towards the post rather than being directed at the puck. Yep. And I found it interesting last night. I was checking out what the ESPN NHL players were saying. They said that's a goal, whereas both players on the Hockey Night yeah, in Canada crew no. said that is do not you think, a goal. Do you think that the, uh, the player answers are based on positions at all? Like BX is a defenseman, he's probably gonna stand up for the goalie. I don't know. Anson Card, like I don't know who was talking about on the on the American Kelly side Rudy there. Was it was well, Kelly, Ru- yeah, well, we're Kelly not gonna Rudy talk. We're like not gonna he, talk about Kelly stunner. Rudy. That was just like <laughs> he kept, he kept when I saw he, he was filling in. Would go against us. When I was when I saw he was filling in for Craig Simpson, who was ill last night, I was just like, oh, fuck, we're just getting like a Homer version. Dude, well, like when, from Edmonton too. I know, but when there was that play early in the game where Lucic just like grabbed Kulak and threw yeah. him into the board <laughs> and then went and dummied Hyman, I was like, that's two penalties in a play. And Rudy's like, there you go, Lucic. That's, that's how you make an impact. so weird. I was just like, they're giving Lucic praise for catching up to Hyman finally and hitting him from behind yeah. after he had dumped the puck in. Like, what are we doing here? He's so bad. Is there any way we could pay him to play for Colorado in the next round if they get through? Because he was awful. Sure. Mike, we talked, uh, actually, Waz pointed it out before we recorded. Mike Smith had more points than Lucic in this <laughs> so series. Good. Oh, oh, oh. I couldn't so believe good. when they were saying Lucic had no hits in game four. Because he he barely played like but he they he's still, just not good. Yeah. yeah, you have to catch guys to hit them. Yeah, um, it jeez, yeah. The commentating last night was a little annoying. The whistles being put away early in that game was also that was a little terrible officiating. There was, man, there was lack of. But even so, we talked about this on the Bcast yeah. last night. Tyler, whistles were away. Oilers won the special teams on both ends. One for one on the power play. Killed off both power penalties they faced. 
that's a perfect night on mm-hmm. the special teams. Yeah, like that's and that makes a big impact, right? Like a lot of people, it's weird, and we I think we talked about this on the beatcast yesterday. My memory's a little fuzzy, but <laughs> it's been a long twenty five days, buddy. You know, you know when the Oilers would win in the regular season off the back of like McDavid and their special teams, and people would be like, "You're never gonna win in the playoffs like that," because the traditional thinking is playoff hockey is buttoned down defensive. Perfect structure, five on five, nothing called, all this stuff. You know, the the third and fourth line will win you games. And the Oilers, through two series, are just taking that and being like, oh, no, that doesn't matter. We're going to win the games with our stars and our special teams, and we're we don't with care. Nine, we're ten forwards. Fuck your structure. Like, we're just going to run well, around and do whatever we want. One thing that I was really surprised about last night is that the Flames were so willing to open it up and play the Oilers game because they're not as nearly as good at A it. massive error, they're a not. critical error. Something that cost them the series was their inability to play their own game. And I, I give Woodcroft and the Oilers full marks for forcing their style of game yep. on the Flames and being relentless. Even that's, when you went down, they kept doing what they knew would bring them that's success. That's what it was. The Oilers went out there and dictated how the game's going to go. Mm-hmm. It's like it when the game like... opened up in the second period, it, just, it favored the Oilers in every possible way. And yeah, it was a wild clusterfuck of a sequence. <laughs> you a... had six goals and eight and a half minutes but like that's what the Oilers wanted the oh, Flames didn't okay. want that you don't want them scoring well those you don't goals, want those but, but I like get, I get it the opening it up like that though you don't want that because like the Flames would try a zone entry it would get broken up Oilers spin it like on Jesse Pugliarvi's goal they tried a zone entry it flopped the transition Oilers game pin it around three on one Hyman tries to rip one through yes they're there to bang home the puck our defense oh that's so good, <laughs> oh, that's so good. There's, there's a picture oh sorry Dan I guess it's uh, Coleman skate kicking a golf ball into a nice. into the cup. I also want to give Ryder from kicking. Play 107 some uh, some oh, love so because <laughs> he was pretending to be a Calgary Flame this morning. He was calling, pretending to be Milan. He's pretending to be Milan Lucic, calling golf courses in Calgary to book a scramble for 18 players. He just uh, <laughs> he wanted to turn the spirits around. Oh, it's so good. I, so good. Uh, I'm jumping all over the place now because I'm just going through my likes on Twitter to <laughs> see what else I want to bring up. Bag milk. I know you loved this moment. The Nuge McDavid hug. Oh, that hug oh, was come so on. good. I just, I have it right in front of me. That clip was everything. Like how Nuge just nuzzles his head into the, into Connor's little neck area there. Aww. Another one too is when Yessa scored. I love Connor going over to him, shaking his helmet a little bit and being like, that's a big goal, baby. Like needed that one. Yeah. His team, man. That, that quote from Connor afterwards, I have it here from our Instagram. It, it was a big goal, big goal, really big goal for Jesse, really big goal for our group. He's somebody that has stuck with it, and for him to contribute tonight with a goal, I thought all series long he was great, bringing a lot of energy and physically doing his thing. It was great to see one go in for him. Oh, I'm going to cry. love to see that kind of stuff. You <laughs> I love, love to that. See him. Connor McDavid recognizes game, right? And Connor McDavid understands what Jesse does for Connor McDavid. It's uh, it's just that this team, you see the unity. It's the little things, eh? the Instagram posts after the game talking about this group. That's That's been a big theme after yeah. last night. This group is, is having fun. And who the hell knows what we're going to do against the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. But I am stoked to be here, boys. I think it's crucial, too, just to kind of continue what Dan said, like, the young guys that are up in the stands right now, like Broberg, Holloway, Savoy's up there, like guys that are gonna be next year. Him, like these are the guys who are coming, and this is just a start. It's how you build culture, exactly yeah. right. Like they're seeing, they're seeing what Devin Shaw is doing in that tunnel right now, being like, this guy hasn't played a minute, mm-hmm. and when he does play, he plays a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's just so amped for everyone. It's just so good that everyone's getting to experience this right now because I truly think that like this is gonna continue now for the Oilers like it's just 
seems to be lining up pretty perfect. They got that Mamba mentality. Job's not done. Job number two done. On to job number three. I love oh, it. And Sit like, back, enjoy this game tonight, gentlemen. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's go seven. I just still almost can't even believe it. Like, yeah. It yeah well, yes, like, yes and no. Like, I was never doubting the team. However, like, being a fan of, as long as we have, these things don't happen very often to us. Yep. Yeah. Well, Talk about a three to one series lead too. Like we we don't know what that feels like. We don't know that kind of confidence. <laughs> we haven't seen one of those since the eighties in this city. Like I like there was just there's so much about this this run already, and yeah. it's just getting going. We were we were up uh, three nothing against Anaheim in 06. So that's the last time we would have had a wow. lead like that. Good good. Yeah, geez. Because we were down, o, we were down o two to San Jose. Then we right. won four in a row. Then we won three in a row. So we won seven right. in a row. So yeah, last time we did this, we was yeah o six against Anaheim. I'm just thinking now about game one. Obviously, went the Flames way. Game two, they start off scoring two goals, and the Flames fans were so fucking cocky. But no, some of those yeah. goals were so lucky. They needed like three exact bounces to go on that first they were goal. So cocky. In order for it they to were win. cheering for Smith's saves, and then all of a sudden the tables turned, and all of a sudden the Oilers come roaring back, and oh, all of a sudden the old saddle dome's a little quieter than it once do you, was. Do you see the uh, the, the sad, sad dome? dome? The sad. <laughs> That dome's <laughs> so good. So a lot good. Less Brady, a lot less Brady Kachuk cameos. Yeah, he wasn't around at all, was he? Oh, that's weird. He must, have, he must have went home. With his brother weird. after game one. Yeah, Brady yeah. Kachuk was more noticeable than Matthew Kachuk in that series. Oh. <laughs> Dude, he wasn't. He was nowhere out there. Turn, TSN turning point was has to be when Keith didn't throw his hat. Obviously, that was the issue. I love that. There's that's getting pointed out a bunch of times today on Twitter. And another favorite thing about the social aspect of this is that Oilers fans, we kept our chirps kind of quiet throughout yeah. it. We just, you know, we gave them a couple jabs here and there because they earned it. But then last night when the buzzer went, the fucking <laughs> floodgates opened. Oh yeah, and everybody was piling on. It just like, okay, we're through now. Fuck you, and we've got this one for a while. Uh, do we want to listen to the Jack Michaels call? Yes, of please. course. Yes, of course. Is, uh, is Bluetooth up, Liam? It is on. It is on. Let's do it. Ah, damn it. He's got to turn the volume back on. No, it's all right. It's all right. We'll get there. There we go. It's coming in. It's coming in hot through the mic. Let's go. How much fun were the boys having in that celebration, too? Oh, my God. Oh, did you see? I tweeted about it. Elbow or his stick, whatever he, he took. He got smoked hard. Like, you could tell it probably actually hurt him because he, like, went limp against the boards. <laughs> but he was just held up by everyone else, like, jamming in there. Mike Smith with the jumping fist pump coming down the ice, too, was great. He was one of the first guys in the oh. pile. I was super happy for that guy because, again, like we mentioned earlier, it had to be in his mind. He's just like that fucking guy. They tried to get him down there. But even, like, for him. all year, the, everyone is just like, he's too old. He can't do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, whether it be, like, Oiler fans or uh, people outside the city. Um, a lot of people expected awesome. expected um, him to fail. Just go listen to any episode of Oilers Nation Radio <laughs> from January or February. And you will okay, find Mike Smith slander. That, Rick. We really appreciate they that. Did, yeah, they expected him to fail, but like from, from day one. But the thing that we do that it annoys me that other people don't do is when he turned it around, you give him glove for turning it yes. around. Yeah, you can criticize well, the guy, but at the same time, out. you can sit there it's and the say... Same. 
he's doing he's doing an incredible job right it's now. Same with Duncan Keith yes. to me. Like Duncan Keith had a, had a like he's had moments where you go, ah, fuck me, man. Like it'd be nice if you were twenty five year old Duncan Keith, but he's played really well throughout the playoffs, and he deserves some love for what he's doing as well. Did he not start the scoring game too after we were down to nothing? I was gonna say yeah. when Keith when you were talking about the Keith turnaround, I honestly thought you meant when Duncan Keith scored in game two. Yeah, but it's why he picked up a big assist last night on Evan Bouchard's goal. Yeah, we were talking yesterday. I am so tired of seeing that Ben Pope tweet being like where Keith's talking about his skating every time yeah. Keith makes a mistake. It's like, man, we are going to the conference finals. Leave this guy alone. Leave everyone alone. Like, everyone's why? doing a job. We're the final four now. Yeah, like that's enough. Exactly. You know? And there was there was that one moment where the puck was up in the air in our zone, and oh, that yeah. just he felt batted like it out of the air. Ones. Yeah, and he got it out of midair. Like, it was probably going to hit the top of Smith at some point. I don't know if it was going to fall forward or backwards, but who knows? Instead, Duncan Keith whacked it out of There was another one. I do want to give the Oilers a lot of credit. Sorry, Bag Milk. I just want to give a lot of credit to the Oilers for their stick, in, especially in these closeout games. Yep. It seems Sticks like the they're fatting pucks out of the midair. Like, Dreisaitl mm. last night dared yeah. one of the defensemen to try and beat him. <laughs> and he, after, like, three seconds of the defenseman waiting, he still couldn't beat him. So There was yeah, another one where... Duncan Keith last night, Johnny Gaudreau was fishing for a breakaway and he got the law. They went for the lob pass. Duncan Keith just knocked it out yeah, of midair. Yeah. Just handles his Good business. Uh, so Duncan Keith, just quickly to get some nerd stuff out of the way. If you remember the deal, it was that third round pick. And if the Oilers make it to the cup finals yeah. and Keith is top four in time on ice for Oilers D men during the first three rounds, the pick moves up to a second rounder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he right now is second on the Oilers with 190 minutes, but, if Brett Kulak plays 13 minutes and three seconds more than him in this next round and the Oilers win, pick stays the third. Listen, just saying. But you know what? If we the Oilers just, get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I don't give a fuck. We said that in the summertime. We said that in the summertime. What happens if we get to the final? That At that point, I don't give a shit what about that fucking draft pick. Yeah, I remember thinking, but we have, like, who cares? We, we, we're in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. What does it matter? We do have to watch Brett Kulak's usage, though. If, yeah. it starts to, if it starts to trickle up a little bit more and more, you're like, oh, the, the guys Oil- are watching. The Oilers are up by, like, four goals in the clinching game, <laughs> and Kulak plays. He doesn't come off yeah, the ice. He's, he's, on he's, the he's pronger for the last half. Keith yeah. walks down the hallway. Oh, I was going to say, the only person that's actually angry <laughs> would be Duncan Keith. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm just scrolling through Twitter right now and seeing some of the chirps going at Calgary. Just... Again, I love that Oilers fans kept it under wraps until the final buzzer last night and just unloaded the clip as soon as the game was over. Yeah, your so tweet good. about the don't worry, Flames fans, like it'll kick. In. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that one's going around. It's That's making rounds a little bit. I said it may it may hurt now, NHL Flames, but one day you'll get a kick out of all of this. <laughs> I uh, I sort of recycled that when I did my radio hit today. I said, oh, for the Flames fans waking up, I'm sure the heartbreak is kicking in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, probably could have been a goal. Not the reason they lost. Nope. They just weren't very good. They just weren't very good. Now, they weren't. They got beat. Question Was that the last time we see Johnny in a red uniform? Yes. yes. Uh, in a Flames uniform. For, yeah, Flames that. uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he'll be in a New Jersey Devils red sweater soon enough. Dude, that guy was halfway to the airport when Connor scored his goal. Well, like, <laughs> he was turning to it. That right there <laughs> is. I get he had the big playoff game seven OT winner. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, he had his moment. He was yep. good in that first round. But to me, that's why you you won't win with Johnny Goudreau is that mm-hmm. McDavid OT winner and Sean Monahan. Well, I mean, he wasn't even in the lineup. That's fair, but he, he wasn't like even if Monahan wasn't there, he, yeah. he wasn't going to change like, things at all. You know, like Goudreau, you're a stride away from just grabbing Drysaddle, pinning him up to the boards, and potentially forcing a turnover. 
and instead you peeled away in an elimination game overtime. I just the body mind look at the look at the body language on yeah. the guy. He's you like standing that? straight up, one hand on his stick. Mm-hmm. You know, he might as well in practice watching some other guys run through a drill. It's one of those things too, where like I was watching, I was looking at it a little bit from a Flames perspective this morning. A lot of them they're like, "Well, Johnny's job there is to cover the point." I'm like, "Okay, I understand that, but you were right there. You can't yeah. fly by." Sometimes Leon Drysaddle go off script. Like yeah, because yeah. I think well, Pike tweeted out something about like it was yeah. supposed to be a break breakout, but then McDavid kind of interfered with it because he read it so well. Who cares what if you're supposed to peel out? The puck's there now. The breakout's done. Yeah, yeah. everything's changed. Yeah. yeah. So we had uh, John Goyens on, and he's been a coach at some different head coach at some different levels, junior and things like that. We had him on the Daily Faceoff Show today, and he talked about that play, and he said that is an example of a player too wrapped up in the X's and O's. Because yeah, the X's and O's play is to move to the point. And, you know, I this is now me talking. I don't know if that's laziness, if that's just, no, nah, I'm just going to cover my point guy and leave him. If that's a coach is in your head too much saying, no, you do what the X's and O's are or you don't play, whatever it is, John Goyne said, you need to always have room for instinct in your game. And If, if that's 13, they're calling it uh, lack of IQ. Yeah. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly what they're oh, saying. Oh, I was confused for a second because Johnny Gaudreau also thirteen. Uh, Touche. Yeah, 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 nah, it doesn't was, matter. He's a little lost too. Also um, looks thirteen. The <laughs> other, the other narrative that is floating around through some fringes that I just hate is the whole "Oh, great, McDavid and Drysaddle dragged him here. Now we have to pretend like Ken Holland's a good GM." I was just reading tweets on, and that it was. Too. It's like, listen, I still don't like the Duncan Keith trade. They paid too much to get him. Okay, but the Cody Cece signing was fucking awesome. The Zach Hyman signing is unbelievable. Getting Nuge done, unbelievable. The Kulak trade at the deadline, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Getting Yesopul Yarvi not only back in the Oilers organization, but giving him a two-year deal when a one-year deal was kind of the the thing that was going around. That Derek Broussard makes Greg walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I was watching the game with one of my buddies last night, and he was like, hey, is Broussard playing? He's not He's not like a diehard Oilers fan. He just came over the game. He goes, is Broussard playing? And I was like, Holy shit, he's an oiler. I did yeah, forget yeah. about that. It's yeah. like a similar moment. But like, you know, the whole narrative of like, oh, later. McDavid and Drysaddle are just dragging them here. Me, 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 me. Like, shut up. Well, and also, yeah. if you're going to give Ken Holland some credit, you got to give him credit for doing the first thing he's ever done in his career as a GM and punting a coach mid-season when they yeah. needed one. Yeah. What? He'd never done it before. The Oilers were off the rails. They were in 10th place when he made the switch. Jay Woodcroft comes up from Bakersfield and turned the fucking season around. And don't forget about uh, our boy Dave Manson either. Dave Manson, what Dave Manson has turned this defensive group into that no one expected anything from is incredibly impressive to me. They're all playing hard. They're all playing for each other. They're getting in the lanes. They've got good sticks. They're moving the puck effectively. I'm going to get yelled at for this one, but let's not forget that other trade because I'm fairly certain that defenseman hasn't played a game in the playoffs yet, has he? Ethan Bear? Yeah. He has not. I said that as well. No games day. in the playoffs. I, hey, I don't think Warren Fogel's exactly moving the needle on this team too. No. He looked but better last least, night. At least he's playing. He's in the top, and he's, yeah. You know, and yeah. Like, also, one player that we you guys didn't mention was Evander Kane. You know, he took... <laughs> oh, the, the guy averaging a goal a game? I think that's him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like... To take a risk on a guy who had so much baggage, and like it could have gone either. And way. remember, everyone right. is saying, "I don't think the Oilers have the leadership to be able to handle this guy." Yep. Yeah, I was. I was oh. one of the. I'll fully admit, I was one of the people that say, "I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on this guy." Yeah, but I said that too. We talked to. I asked Frank Saravalli the other day, and he's just like, "There has been no word, nothing about." Anything other than his best behavior. No, he just goes in there. He's a he's a businessman. He goes in there, gets his job done, and goes home. 
And what his job is, is pumping goals home. Again, I looked at my betting account this morning. Shout out to me for going heavy on Evander Kane to beat Matthew Kachuk in scoring in in this round. That was a nice little win for me. How worried were you after game one? You were like, ah, maybe not. Yeah, I was a little concerned about it. But then game three, he gets a hat trick of his own. I was like, all right, we'll be okay. Yeah. Remember what Frank Saravalli said a week ago on this show? Yep. When he said, you know, the Flames have the ability to make this a short series and the Oilers do not. And at that point, I we were down one sure, other. I made sure he repeated that because I wanted to hear his. <laughs> I wanted, and then I wanted to hear if he was going to yeah. go back on that prediction of Oilers in seven. Ever ever because, since yeah. he, ever since he picked us to go to the uh, the finals in eighteen, I think uh, I've been a big fan of the guy. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I thought that was funny. Are we going to talk about the cane the 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 cane contracty thing? I just uh, right now, like again, I I could they sign him? Yeah. You know, Dreger's got the thing going and all that. Do you like, not like to me? This is some of that conspiracy theory stuff that we're like, oh, they're not going to sign uh, Nuge. They're going to move Nuge and they sign him. Like everyone gets so worried about this now. They're like, oh, Holland's going to retire right away, which I do think actually he's going to be done at the end of the year. Maybe one more year, but probably this year. Really? Um, I think so. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you they. But bring he's not. In, but he's yeah. not going to sign a five-year contract and like just doesn't give a shit because his replacement is here already. His you replacement think? is working in Bakersfield. You think his, his place, yeah, he's his replacement is not going to allow him to do that type of a move, and then not bring up these kids he's been working with for the last two or three years, and and, and put him in the lineup. It's one of those things too. Like when you look at a Vander Kane, like you got to try. Yeah, you, you got to try, try. But like move Fogel, move Cassie, and you got the money for Kane done. But you but you need to pay McLeod is not going to be cheap. Yeah, uh, will be cheap. I don't think he's, he's not going to be cheap crazy. for long. No, but you could probably get him on like three. Uh, You'd get a bridge. Okay, three now what about, now, okay, now what about Papa Bush? Bush, you should probably go the cleft bomb route with yeah, him. Yeah, I give would him 100% a seven year, do him a $4 million dollar eight deal. year max for Bush. Yeah. And you're going to sign Yamo? Yeah, he'll be, he'll be two and a half to 3.25 or something. Signing those guys pretty much takes Kane out of the, 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 the picture for me and then allows us to keep 13. And I just, unless Kane wants to stick around for a cheap deal, that's yeah, where I see, I, that's where I see this going. He could also have, again, yeah. I talked to Gregor about the, uh, yeah, Gregor about this. He, he could also have a big chunk of money coming from San Jose. Good. If he gets that, then yeah, yeah how much, how cheap can he stay I, here for two years? Also, I like you saying that, uh, you know, they're not just going to let Holland sign a big deal if he's about to retire and leave. Stares directly at the Miko Koskinen <laughs> contract. <laughs> 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 I guess with Bouchard, though, like Keith's deal will be up by the time Bouchard's deal is up. So that's five million off the. But how, how long the do you wait? win the Stanley Cup this year, and Dude, old I, Duncan, I, he's gonna. You know I've what? It's sangria this, time I, out in the Okanagan. I've said this all year. I do believe that Duncan Keith is done at the end of the year. Win, lose, or draw. Can I? Usually, I'm a nerd for this stuff, and I love it. I don't, you I just don't want to talk to win. I don't even give a shit. Okay, that's like, fair. But this stuff came well, popping up, and I just hated the, the conspiracy bullshit that the Oilers are going to do this, and they're going to screw each other. Yeah, that, that stuff annoys the shit out of me, so I had to get it off my chest. I saw someone tweet last just, night. They were like, is anyone else like not enjoying this because they're petrified with how Holland's going to like fuck it up in the summer? And it's no. like, what? No, I'm no. loving this. The beers I taste just, great. They're fucking great. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, what was that? Co- that was copper and blue, I think, right? I think so, yeah. the, 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 Like, that dude needs a hug, whoever's running that account. He's just like, man, we are going to the Western Conference final. Have a little bit of fun. Let's worry about this shit in August or July, whenever the draft is this year. Like, let's chill, man. Just, the Oilers yeah. are going to be playing in June. 
Come on. Vander Kane, Vander Kane could still find himself winning a Conn Smythe trophy. Like there's so much that his valuation can do here that that we just don't know about. So yeah, I, I'm all aboard of There's the, a big sexy German that's standing in the way of that one for me. And a good looking Canadian. Hey, mm-hmm. hey maybe maybe yeah. Kane comes up and he's the one guy that beats Colorado. Speaking of which, uh, I want to give Kennedy some love, our graphic designer. Kennedy's trash. <laughs> I still remember the uh, beginning uh, of the season without that. He's <laughs> trash. <laughs> on on Twitter, it's she um, she put a compilation together of Connor and Leon talking about how much each other means to the other, and it's I've watched it a few times today. It makes me her video edits are fantastic, so I want to give Kate some love for that. Kate's has to go buy them houses next to each other, bunk beds, just give in case them, they want them. Yeah. Give them part ownership in their next contract. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine you could do that kind of shit like Connor? You get 10% of merch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get that floor in the JW. Yeah, whatever floor you want. Yeah, whatever. Ah. Good times. Western Conference Final, going through. How many of your brackets have been broken because you picked the Flames to go past the others? If you did, shame on you. Mm-hmm. I nailed it. I had Edmund, or no, I haven't nailed it yet. Damn it, Colorado isn't one. Ah. Yeah, they're almost there. The so only close. thing I have right is that Edmonton beat Calgary. My entire bracket is destroyed. Cornerstone Insurance for 90 years and four generations. They've been a family and employee-owned business right here in Edmonton with all the insurance products you could ever hope for. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance. Get on over to cornerstoneins.ca. Click the About button. There you will find a Citizens of the Nation tab on the left-hand side of the screen. Get yourself a discount on your insurance. Why not save a couple of shekels? I know I'm spending a lot of money during this playoff run. Huh. I could probably use some savings, so I will head on over to Cornerstone Insurance and you I will get myself some savings. You haven't been hammering the withdrawal button on any of uh, your sports flicks? I've withdrawn a little bit. Um, last night was very good for me, um, but I'm also letting them roll. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I tweeted about this. Um, a week after the Oilers fired Tippett, it was like a Friday night. They had just won four straight under Woodcroft. Based on the timestamp on my sports book, I was rather intoxicated when I did this, <laughs> but I bet on them to win the cup at 40 to 1. I probably I just had it. a little bit left in my account, so I threw 20 bucks on them to win the cup. It would pay out 820 or whatever, and they're offering me a cash out. I, last time I checked, I think it was like 190. Not worth it yet. I have. Uh, when I went down and got married in Vegas before the season started, I put $100 on the Oilers, so I stand to win $2,900. Oh, that'd be oh, like delicious. That. That'd be some... That would be delicious. But you'd have to make a trip down to Vegas to cash oh, that. Darn. Darn. Oh, darn. Yeah. Darn. Darn. Probably not worth it. Back, though. <laughs> it's just I went down to collect my $2,900, and I came back with nothing. Make it a day trip. You like fly in, no bags, <laughs> go to the sports book, transaction, back on the plane. Maybe go see uh, Carrot Top, mm. a nice celebratory show. That'd be nice. Go to the Luxor, yeah, see Chris Angel, it. Mind Freak. The Blue Man Group. <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't like the Blue Man Group? I'll tell you one thing. Maybe Britney's back. Who knows? Would she ever leave? Oh, never. Not in my heart. I learned something in 06. I made one big mistake in 06. After they beat Anaheim, that very next day, I went to Kingsway, I went to the Oilers store, and I bought that Western Conference Champions hat. Mm, I promise. I promise. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's the reason why they did not win. I promise, no matter how this next series goes, I will not be buying that hat. Let's talk about the next series. Um, Colorado, St. Louis, still have to get done tonight. It is game six in St. Louis tonight. 
do you have a preference? Obviously, I think for NHL hockey fans, McDavid versus McKinnon is the preferred matchup. It'd be mm-hmm. so exciting. But do you have a preference on who the Oilers play? I'd rather play St. Louis. I think St. Louis is very Calgary-esque. Like their forward group is deep, but they don't Bennington have... Bennington out. Bennington out. Huso has been below average since he came back in. I don't in. think they can skate with us either, though. I don't think they can skate with us. I don't think their blue line's quick enough. Um... And again, their forward group, like Tarasenko's sick. I'm not saying he's not, but they don't have McKinnon and they don't have McCarr and they don't have even have a Rantanen in my opinion. Kadri. But my only skeptic about that would be how well they've played against McKinnon this series with Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. You know, but I'm not, yep. I don't think McKinnon's as good as McDavid, but he's, you know, McKinnon has three goals. They came in one game, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. O'Reilly, we've, yeah. Kopitar, how did he handle that? Uh, yeah, but O'Reilly's better than Kopitar. Not nowadays. I'm, with, yeah. I'm with Liam on that one. To me, it's the St. Louis Blues are a mucky team, whereas the Colorado Avalanche, we are going to run and gun with those guys for six, seven games. Mm-hmm. So for me, I want the Colorado Avalanche. I, I would be scared of the St. Louis Blues, just the same as I'm scared of the Tampa Bay Lightning because I think that those two teams one before shut down. And they yeah, they've got that pedigree, but they can just shut it down, whereas, yeah. you know, they gotta try. They gotta. With anybody. They gotta try and shut down the Edmonton Oilers, though. Mm-hmm. And that's not. That's not easy. That no one's done that yet. I know we've only played Calgary and LA, but this team. Look how many goals they put up this this last series. Well, and that's that's exactly it. And I, you know what, same 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 mentality I had is uh, with the Flames series too. I wanted the Flames. I want the Avalanche because I want the best series possible for this team because I I think that this team can win it too. Dan, how did you get one of those KFC hats last night? By the way, yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, that was that was a uh, it was a KFC Canada thing. Um, we just happened to notice some jerseys walking around. To give you context, KFC if you're logo. listening and you don't know what we're talking about, Leon yeah. was wearing a K on his hat. Mark Spector asked him what the K meant, and he said it was missing the FC. So KFC Canada was just like, well, let's capitalize on this free promo from Leon Drysaddle. Back to you, Dan. Yes, so so KFC Canada was there, and uh, and yeah, they handed out they handed out a bunch of these black KFC hats uh, with the proper K on it from Drysaddle's uh, Drysaddle's hat, of course, and they bombed that into the moss pit. So everybody was walking around with KFC. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw a bunch of those hats last night. Great marketing, yeah, just like the easiest. KFC Canada loves Oilers Nation. Of course they do. Everybody does, except Flames Nation. They're not (laughs) having a great time. Last night, I was checking out, uh, just cruising Flames Nation to see what was going on, what was the vibe there on the site, and I went into the comment section, and it was just being bombarded by ON readers. Yeah. Just nonstop, <laughs> just absolute dismantling of their conversations in there. And uh, the complaints were very funny to me. Good. So, block out all these Oilers fans. I'm like, I've got the keys, and you're not going to get what you want. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. I got to tell you guys, I've got three questions for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Ask the idiots coming up. Busterspizza.ca. I guarantee if you go there today, maybe it's a celebratory pizza. Maybe you get ready for the third round like Tyler did earlier in the second round by getting some za. Get Maybe you're getting a donair. They got some pasta deals here that I'm looking at. Who wouldn't want that? A little bit of garlic bread and some pasta. Everybody's having a good time with that. Maybe some wings. Maybe you're treating the temple. You got a salad. Get some salad. I'm, I tweeted this out the other day. I'm not sure I've had a vegetable since the uh, start of the playoffs. Got to mix in a salad. I had one with my donut. Did you have any I'd... stress bananas last night? I had four. No, you didn't. <laughs> I swear to God, I had four. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Why do you do this? <laughs> well, first, they're pretty tasty. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they're just right there. They're just hanging. 
<laughs> you know, my mom literally came up to me before game one and she's like, so you know, like bought some more bananas. <laughs> and then, I uh, like I doesn't want to cramp. Like the yeah. vision of you rolling into your parents' house to watch these games with them, coming home and just eating every banana they have in the house. And then what at the end the, of the game, uh, like, see ya. Well, I didn't eat any for games two, three, and four. There you go. You know, saved them all for five. What was the banana distribution? How did it go throughout the game? Um, I had two in the first. Ooh. Yeah, that one. I was very, very anxious in the game. And then sure. I had one. Early in the, I had uh, sorry, I had one right after everything went chaotic. Yeah, and I had one going into overtime. Oh, into over, yeah, that's yeah, fair. You gotta get that. Yeah. No, that's just like the boys. You know, you got a quick pizza in them, so they uh, got some fuel for the uh, overtime period. I get it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's oh, fucking. Want to cramp up at that point? Yeah. All right, for ask the, ask the ideas for our friends at Buster's Pizza. I've got only three questions today. If you don't know the bit. Submit your questions. You got a chance to win some free pizza. Boys haven't seen these yet, so I've just got three questions. I'm going to get their first take on it. Dan, I'm going to start with you. First question for Ask the Idiots and Buster's Pizza. Which oiler are you the happiest for that they made it to the conference finals? Oh, that is... I'm not going to steal your answer, Big Milk, because that's <laughs> a pretty good one. Uh, I think for me, I'm going to say yes, a Pooley which I think I'm stealing from Rick, but I just, for a guy that has been through the ringer, um, you know, talking about Nuge as all, as well as Jesse uh, to be back in this city, to be back, you know, being able to score a goal in a, in a conference final clinching game. It's just awesome to see. And that smile, I think you add that's Zach huge. Hyman to the list. Now, if those two guys don't smile on a day, it's going to be a bad day. So let's, let's just keep that smile going. So yes, a pool you're my answer. Liam. Like I'll go Smitty. I think after, you know, the season he had, there was a lot of critics, obviously, that we spoke mm-hmm. about. And there was even critics coming into this series. Sure. Yeah. And he played better than a Vesna candidate. Like, he obviously had his ups and downs. But now Every he's goal gonna, he does. Yeah, who doesn't? They can't all be Vasilevsky. Yeah. And even he had his ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Smitty because he battles. Tyler. I'm going to save your boy, obviously. Um, you. Connor. Like, come on, his smile when he was doing his interview with Scott Oak, the passion in the celebration, him jumping up and down with Shore coming off the ice. You know, think of the stupid narratives of like, this guy can't play defense. You can't win with the way Connor McDavid plays. This guy's not a good captain. People were texting that to 1260. I was listening to Tommy G on 1260 in the first round, and after the Oilers lost game four and five, those texts were coming in that you can't win with McDavid. Mm. But here's my, the thing about that narrative too, is like, we watch Connor McDavid every game. He's been more physical at points. But I haven't noticed Connor. He's not been like more exceptional defensively. No, man, he's just winning. And now the narrative is suddenly flipped. Like he is a good leader, which he always has been. He is okay defensively, which he always has been good defensively. Like that was just kind of made up because the Oilers weren't good around McDavid. So I'm really happy that McDavid's won and we're seeing him smile and all this stuff. And also that just the narrative of him being a bad leader and bad defensively is finally dead. And you knew it would come with playoff success. It was a garbage narrative to start and I'm happy we're through it. Rick, who are you happiest for? Uh, Tyler's right there with Connor, but I'll, t- I'll take Leon here. This guy's doing things that um, everyone's always said he's doing what he does because he rolls with Connor. This guy's out there. He's ba- he's putting up more points than Connor. He's going through with this mysterious leg injury. Uh, he's doing things out there that you kind of saw Messier do when Gret- him and Gretzky were here. It, it, it separates him from that whole they have to be together. Uh, I know they're playing together or whatever, but... 
what he does out there is is phenomenal and and just this just him yeah just him getting to this point is, is such a boost for him but it's a boost for everybody in the damn dress how many room. records did he set this this series three? this is silly at he, least two most points per game in a series right mm-hmm. uh most like assists a, in a playoff period yeah and, and then most consecutive yeah. three-point games three nhl records in this series so wing five he's at five right now five, five in a row yeah, yeah. five yeah. in a row Wayne Gretzky retired at 61 records. Wayne Gretzky walked into this playoff, I believe, with 61 records. And they're starting to go. Like that, I think Gretzky had that record about the consecutive three points. That's what happens when you bet against is Wayne. Uh, yeah. He also, yeah, reverse psychology, though. Those are going to start falling a little bit. Leon Dreisaitl has 11 assists in his last three games. <laughs> <laughs> and we got, and wait, wait. What the fuck? And Calgary lost to one player. Yes. One player. One, one player. Well, we are all one, one guy. <laughs> one guy. Like, come on. What are we doing? He has 11 assists in three games. He had five games with three plus points. That's that's absurd. In a 17 row. points in five games is just lunacy. Plus money, by Imagine the way, how many we'd have with two legs. Yeah. Well, he's been he's been working with two and a half instead of the usual three, you know? Hey. Uh, just to wrap it up, obviously, the other I'm happiest for, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 11 years, eight coaches, seven years without the playoffs, five general managers, and two consecutive first-round exits. Our boy, our prince, our king, is finally moving on to the Western Conference Final. He had a massive game in Game 4, got the opening goal out of Markstrom fuck-up, got the game-winning goal with three and a half minutes left. My boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm so pumped for him. He just, that hug again between Connor and Nuge after And it wasn't like, it's not even like celebration. It's like relief. It's like. And also, Nuge played a huge role in this, right? It's not like he was just a passenger. Absolutely not. What was the game two in game one? He had a huge goal as well, right? Oh, sorry, not game one. The first series? That was in game three. Yeah, Yeah, he he had a big goal then as well. When they smoked him, yeah. Just come up like. Absolutely. Because they were kind of coming back. So I guess it wasn't as big as the one, but like. Two big Still. moments. Yeah. And he made, remember? He got more points than Kachuk in this series. He kept pace with Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Second period, game seven against LA. The Kings are about to get a clear-cut breakaway. And Nuge's back check stripped right. him of the puck, got possession going back the other way. Like, he made big plays that weren't goals as well, which is what I love. Um, can I share with you guys this number? I yeah, was please. pulling it up. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl related. Oof. Go for it. Okay. Since the year 2000... So, you know, 22 playoff runs. Players who have had, it's points per game, and you have to have played at least 10, uh, you have to have played at least 10 playoff games. So you had to go to at least the second round. McDavid and Drysaddle, 2.17 and 2.17. Third on that list is all the way down at 1.75. And it's Crosby (laughs) and Gensel from 1718. Like, they're just, they're lapping the field of players that have played in the playoffs in the last 22 years. It's unbelievable. Like, if you want to have fun, just go to NHL.com and just sort different shit and just click around the stats pages for playoff runs. It gets wild. What the the amount of points these guys are putting up right now is it's it's lunacy. It's crazy. And And if you find out which one guy beat the Calgary Flames, please send it to bagmilk at OilersNation.com. Yeah, I'd like to know. Well, I'm fairly certain you pointed out last game that it was, or last, whatever, in the last couple of days anyways, it was their goaltender. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom is that one guy that beat the Flames, I thought. Allowed four-plus goals in every game in this series. Oilers had his number. Again, I I love the OT goal, but I don't think that was a strong goal on Markstrom last night. Low glove, baby. Well, like, let's go through the goals. How many of them were low glove on Markstrom, right? 
They were love like Zach the whole Hyman series. in game what was one. that game one? Yeah. Game one. They scored four Two goals. Garbage goals on Markstrom. Yeah. That's not to take anything away from Zach Hyman. The guy fucking his work ethic is just unbelievable. I've never seen an engine on somebody like that. He refuses to not be the hardest working player on the ice yeah. every shift. Like it's just balls to the wall yeah. every second of every minute. These guys are winning all their one on one battles, and that's what's the most yeah. impressive thing right now. I was just gonna say it was funny yesterday when when Hyman got hit by Dubé, and then the like five minutes later, just came across the same position, just cleaned out, kept his head up in one oh, second, yeah. and just ran him. He ran just him. he killed him. Yeah, he said, "I want to know what he said too," because he got up and he looked back. He said something. I uh, just skated away. Question yeah. number two: Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Hypothetically, if the Blues and Abs go to Game Seven, the Western Conference Final doesn't start till late next week. Drysaddle will have about a week, give or take, of no play and rest. Do you consider splitting up Connor and Leon for Game One of the Western Conference Finals, Rick? That's a great question. You know what? Um, it's, you consider it for sure. I've said it before. I think we have a top nine set of forwards, and any combination of those nine. I'm pretty much okay with. So, yeah, uh, you can contemplate it for sure. Tyler? What was the question again? Say Blues, Avs go to game seven. Yeah, yeah. You get the extra day's yeah. rest. Leon's maybe feeling a little bit better. More time in Connor's hot tub. Do you consider mm. splitting them up, or do you mm. keep the nuclear deterrent together? Nuclear. You got to go nuclear, I think. Um, it's working. It's just working really well. Maybe if, knock on wood, you go down one nothing, 2 nothing, and you're like, hey, we really need a spark here, and Leon's at 100%, you do it. But for right now, nuclear is working too well. You can't split them up. I do enjoy, like, regardless of anyone's answer, I do enjoy if we'd said this in the regular season, everyone's like, no, you got to split them up. You can't do it. I know they get, I know they're really good together. It won't work but, come playoff yeah. time. I said that all the time. Exactly. No, I, love, I love that. But the interesting thing, too, about how Jay Woodcroft's running his bench is, even though they're together a lot of the time and have been since game six against LA, he still splits them up he mixes connor out there he throws leon out there with an extra yeah. one like after a pk he'll throw mix guys in there so woodcroft again running his bench very interestingly leon would you split him up keep him together leon <laughs> liam yes as leon i would keep us together but also you had as many <laughs> bananas as leon has points last night <laughs> that's how i base it yeah. yeah so i think it depends on what they do like if you go 11 and 7 i don't think you need to keep them together full-time because you can just rotate it and just yep. kind of play them that way. If you're going 12 and 6 for the next game, I would probably keep them the same too until something changes. Because I also think the other lines are starting to play so well together yep. that you just got to keep it rolling. Because that second line's been really good. I think the interesting thing, though, would be Hyman and Kane. Do you flip them back? That would be the biggest question for me going into game one of the Western Conference Finals. Dan, what do you think? You keep them together or split them apart? I think I would split them apart myself uh, if you're playing the st louis blues just because again i i really feel like the blues are a team that can smother and i would rather have the ability to go to that nuclear deterrent instead of instead of starting with it uh if you're up against the avalanche in my opinion you're you're in for a, a gun battle and so you might as well put your guns together and make a giant zord gun like they do in power rangers i think for me i would keep them together to start like i'm kind of one of those if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of things but Woodcroft will adjust. So I kind of like Dan's point, though, of, you know, like... I almost do it opposite, though, because when you're going against a big offensive team, that's when you buckle down defensively. And when you're going against a team that's going to try and um, blanket you, it's when you fire all your guns at one spot. 
So I would just be afraid. I would just be afraid of losing game one, and then your nuclear deterrent is is you're kind of asking that question mark of it instead of you lose game one, and then you're like, well, do we go back to the the nuclear? Bomb? I think what I would do for game one is I would put I would leave Leon and Connor together, put Kane back up with them because that line has been pure sex for the most part in this playoffs when they play together. I would have Pooley, RV, Hyman, Nuge back together as your second line. And then just kind of go from there because you know what he's going to adjust regardless of what's going on um, in the series. Question number three, the final one for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Ask the idiots. Liam, I'm going to start with you. What has impressed you the most about Jay Woodcroft through this playoff run? I think we spoke about it a ton, just his ability and just confidence just to change the lineup whenever he needs to. I think that's a pretty easy one to go to. Just, you know, he wanted to play Leon and and Connor together. It worked. Switching Yamo to get that goal right at the end, that worked. And even Hyman to the top line yesterday, and that worked. Tyler? Yeah, it's those little in-game adjustments. And, you know, sometimes I get from a fan perspective, like the blender can be frustrating because you're like, oh, you know, lack of chemistry. Let them play together. Let them sort it out. But when it works as well as it seems to, whenever Woodcroft pushes those buttons, you just kind of start to accept it and understand it more. And I also just think, again, I talked about this off the jump, but this team's ability to put mistakes behind them and move forward and not let deficits rattle them and not change the way they're playing when maybe things don't go well for 20, 30, 40 minutes in a game. They just keep chipping away. And I think that's Woodcroft's mentality being shown through the way they're playing like he has his team in a great spot a great headspace and i i just don't think that can be overlooked rick on this is going to be a cheap answer but everything i'm going from like the mind games he plays at the media with you know someone's not playing he's not really telling you what's going on with it to the changing of lines to the 11 and 7 to when he's speaking to the media and drops the old 63 games played by their goaltender type of thing like he's so cerebral in absolutely everything he does he's phenomenal like i don't know who to compare him to but what as a rookie coach like this guy is absolutely everything he's doing is is turning to gold and it's not like it's almost like he can't make a bad decision right now dan for me uh you know if i lend from like another sport uh, you know a good coaching staff in football is a team that you know you can have a flat effort in the first half and you come out and it's a whole new team in the second half mm-hmm. And with this hockey team, I feel like it's the same way right now. You go into a period down two goals or one goal, and it really feels like Woodcroft is going to identify and his staff is going to identify the issues that you have or things that we can try that might work. And and it just it feels like you like you said, Rick, it's like a cerebral assessment of a lot of little things. And I really felt like that this with this series, especially that that this team knows more about the goalies than they, you know, than they care to admit, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's so many parts of both the games against the Los Angeles Kings and now the Calgary flames where they, they approached shooting the puck differently. And you love to see that kind of stuff. So yeah, for me, it's just those, those little subtle things that give you confidence as a fan that, you know, you go into a period down one goal, it's not going to be that way going into the next intermission. For me, I think it's since he's come aboard as head coach, since he got bumped up from Bakersfield, how many players have we heard on the Oilers that have say, we know exactly what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We have got detailed instructions. We've got feedback. We know exactly where we're supposed to be. He spreads out the minutes. He keeps everybody in the fight. Just having everybody included, it's like what Rick talks about. This is a team. It's not just a, a couple of guys playing a whole bunch of minutes while others just sit around, although I'd be 
Cassian played two and a half minutes last night, but deservedly so. I just think that the communication, his style of communication is exactly what this team needs right now, and they're responding yeah. to it well. And then secondly, like Rick said again, his post games and just his cheekiness in the media throughout the playoffs has been amazing because it's not like he's outright trolling. He's just giving you facts and numbers, but he's doing it he's in trolling. a way yeah. that is completely trolling. It's and fantastic. I absolutely love it. I think sometimes my only critic of Wardcroft is sometimes he has a little weird belief in certain guys. Yeah. Like there was a point yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Keith and Kulak played together in the last like two minutes of the game. And the last time we saw them together was the OT against LA. LA. And it's so weird that he plays them like that. Who's um, who's who's joining who? Who's getting bumped off that? Is Kulak uh, losing his partner? Is I, I think Bouchard's getting yeah, that was kicked out of it kicked. for sure. Yeah, Bouchard. Because he's just not as good at well, his you're just, end. And I, I yeah, you're just more confident. Yeah, you're, you're more confident than that. I get that. Yeah. that. And even like Archibald and Cassian, like putting them out in like weird spots. That's the only thing that bugs me about him when I say it. But... I kind of contradicting my own contradicting my own <laughs> point, <laughs> but that's there you go. You haven't had, you haven't had a banana today. <laughs> yes. All right, boys. Who gets the GC here? So, who are you happiest for? They made the Western Conference. Uh, split Connor and Leon, or talking Jay Wilcroft. Those are the three options today. I like number one. Who are you, you happiest for? Let's peek. There's two. I like one as well. There it is. Their winner is Aaron. Shout out to you. I will reach out to you. Who are you happiest for that the that made the Western Conference Finals? Everybody wants to say Nuge, but they saved it for me. So bonus points, bonus points, and a stress banana awarded to everybody. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to get your take on this hot take from Editor and Leaf. Oh that just yes, went I out. was just reading it. The Hyman <laughs> contract is one of the worst contracts in the NHL, possibly in NHL history. Thoughts? He's an idiot. He's playing in the second round. Third round now. Third round. Third round, yeah. It's Editor and leave that guy's this whoever this what, is has put out a lot of garbage before. Uh <laughs> somebody wants clicks, somebody wants some attention, and it, there you go. That's all that is. Yeah, it's just a master class in trolling. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a master class. I'd call it a desperation. Wow. It it's made desperation. Into the middle of our podcast and it's, talk about it. Well, because it's funny. It's desperate, just like it was like uh when they start hacking at, at Leon's ankle there in game two or three or four, whatever the hell it was. Everyone's <laughs> like, is it is what it, what is this? I said it's desperate. It's desperate. The uh, the replies to this are magic, by the way. Um, just speaking of that dry saddle thing, this reminds me of this. So Frank, obviously, doing his due diligence as a insider, reached out to the NHL and was like, hey, are you aware of this dry saddle stuff that's going on? Like, are you keeping an eye on it? And the NHL, obviously, because it's Frank, like wrote back. And we're like, yep, officials are made aware, blah, blah, blah. So Frank talked about that and broke that little nugget of info on the pregame show. Mm-hmm. Was clipped it and put it on TikTok. And some Flames fan commented... And was like, this is so unprofessional. I can't believe it. You're calling the NHL about this on a while you're on a show sponsored by an Edmonton car dealership. Would you be saying the same thing if your title sponsor was a Vancouver car dealership? <laughs> it's like, what? This guy doesn't the understand how Frank yes. works, clearly. No. I thought that was funny. Anywho. There's a lot of life that goes over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. There's a lot that goes over a lot of people's heads. All right. Liam, it's time to get the buttons ready. Let's wrap it up with our Twig and Berries hot and cold performers. Head on over to twigandberries.ca. Use the promo code NATION15. Get 15% off your order. Or go see go see them out in St. Albert. You might even see Tyler there. He might be shopping for some new undies. You guys can model them together. You'd look great. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think you should probably do it. Twigandberries.ca. As we do every week, boys, we start off with our veggies. Nation Dan, I'm starting with you. Your Twig and Berries cold performer of the week 
Well, I was going to do this last episode, but I thought it would be bad luck to look ahead a little bit. Um, I'm going to look forward to Nazim Kadri. First of all, nothing you do on the ice can deserve any of the remarks and the nonsense that you had to deal with after it. But, but for me, your name keeps showing up in these, in these incidents where a player goes out for the series or, you know, or a guy gets hurt and it's, you know, it's an accident, but for me, Nazim Kadri, you're going to get my cold performer of the week because your name just keeps showing up in these things. And I want you to stay the hell away from Mike Smith. So you get my cold performer of the week. <laughs> oh, get cold. Tyler, your Twig and Berries cold performer of the week. Uh, I'm going to go with, I, and I said it earlier because, I mean, we're an hour 13 in, so I've pretty much given every take possible. Um, but the people just not enjoying this. Like, yeah. what are you <laughs> doing? What is the point of being a sports fan if your team can't go to the final four and you can't just enjoy it and forget about it? And it's part of the reason why, like, I'm not really doing articles and takes on, like, what could come this summer and all of this because just positivity is king right now. Things are going so well. The beers I'm drinking taste better than any beer I've ever drank in my life. It's good times. So for the people bitching, you're my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Those people aren't thrilled, and I don't get it. Rick, your Twig and Berries cold performer of the week. See, this is weird because I know to be a like to be a cold performer, it means you have to perform, which means you probably have to be there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like I, I am fairly certain we saw. I saw a picture of him in the handshake line, so it was nice to see him put his skates back on and come out and shake the hands after the game was over. Did he play last night? Uh, I, he was in the handshake line. That's all I can guarantee you. Yeah. And uh, this is the one time where I'm actually going to enjoy the cold performance, like and I can <laughs> performance. We'll put that in quotations. But yeah, Matthew Kutcher, I Good luck. See you, kid. You're as cold as ice. He also, uh, Matthew Kachuk also had a great view of Connor's OT win. I was going to say, that was the first time I saw him when he was peeling away <laughs> the sad face. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, your Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week. Blake Coleman. If you're going to kick the puck into the net, <laughs> don't tell people you <laughs> kick the puck yeah. into the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, what should I do here? Which angle should I go? Hmm. Hmm. My Twickenberry's cold performer of the week is, I guess it's the fact that the Calgary Flames couldn't even muster any kind of response to extend the series whatsoever. We were all expecting a long one. We were hoping for a short one, but the Calgary Flames, you were just, you got an absolute clinic. And uh, and Daryl Sutter, by the way, last night saying, the, not the best team won, the best player won. Bro, the best team won. You know it. We know it. I know you're trying to you know, deflect from the boys' failures a little bit, but you also get a bonus. Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 I probably could have edited that one better. It doesn't need to be that long. No, you gotta let that keep going. No, it just, that's so good that way. All right, we're flipping the ledger. We're finishing off with our dessert for our episode 200 mm. of Oilers Nation Radio. Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. I'm still in the first one. Happy sixth birthday to Ben Stelter. Woo. It is a big win. The Oilers came through with you for a big gift. I'm so happy for you. I'm hoping you're having the best day. We're playing La Bamba all over the city for you today, pal. Happy birthday, Ben Stelter. My Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week, the playoffs, and the season. He's a hot guy. Yes, he is. Nation Dan, your Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. 
you stole mine right from out from under me, bag. After no, after after to... Dan refused to steal, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nuge, what a move. Yep, hey, it was crazy. It's, uh, it's way the way it goes. Uh, my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is going to go to the song that Bag Milk mentioned, uh, La Bamba, taking a taking a special spark, spot in this uh, in this city's heart. It's been amazing to watch, and so for me. Uh, let's hear La Bamba eight more times, and then we'll wait until next year. So, La Bamba, you get my hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in here. Liam, your Twig and Berries hot performer of the week. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan McLeod. A few weeks I like ago, it. I said to Tyler, I was like, what is Ryan McLeod? What is this guy going to be? Like and as a person? No, like as a player. <laughs> but now, like, I think he's playing really well, playing really well in both ends and just being a very reliable player. I'd like to see him put the puck in the net, hopefully next round. That'll come. But he's getting the chances, and that's what's important. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Rick, your Twig and Berries hot form of the week. For the week, I don't know how you do anybody besides the big German. Look at his points to go no further than the stat sheet. Look at him on the ice, whether he's got a hurt ankle or not. That man is absolutely dominating out there. And uh, yeah, this team would not be where they are without him. Yeah! Shout out to little John. Tyler, wrap it up. Your Twig and Berries hot form of the week. I'm going to give it to us. Ooh. 200 episodes of Oilers Nation Radio. Yeah. I was distracted because I was trying to figure out when I joined because I don't remember. That's fair. Um, but I think it was around like episode 60 is when I showed up. Really? Either way. I don't know. I don't fully remember. I don't remember. Anyways, I'm sure we could figure it out. But uh, 200 episodes and we're going to get to watch the Oilers in the Western Conference Final. <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Shout out to Oilers Nation Radio. Shout out to everyone who listens along too, because yeah. I mean, like we, I look at the numbers, and I'm appreciative of every single one of you that yep. does this 100%. and tunes in every week. Like it's just great. This is when Frank came to town. He asked me. He was like, "Hey, which show do you like doing the most?" And we were sitting in my car just outside the window here, and I said, "Oilers Nation Radio," because I just love it. We have a good time every week. I love the community we have. The ask the idiots questions, all that stuff. So uh, I'm giving the hot performance of the week to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Liam. Right. Starting off the starting off the next two hundred right. <laughs> okay, redo. I wasn't sure. Not really a price is right. So big guy is smoking hot. Sure. There you go. Also, bonus Twig and Berry's hot performer. The fact that we got to do more than one bonus episode during oh, the playoffs. Damn street. Yeah. We have made it through a couple of rounds now. We still got some work to do. Job number three on deck. This is our ninth playoff episode. Man. Including two. And we're guaranteed a 10th and an 11th. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And I think we'd be guaranteed a 12th, too. I love Technically. it. I just, we're, job's not done. Nuh-uh. Let's fucking get after it. More podcasts. More podcasts, more bonus episodes. But that's going to wrap it up for episode 200. I hope you guys are listening to this and enjoy your weekend. Oilers are moving on to the Western Conference Final. I want to thank DoorDash. I want to thank Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries for making this all possible. Most importantly, all of you for welcoming us into your lives twice a week during the playoffs. For Dan, Liam, Rick, and Tyler, I'm Bag Milk. This is Oilers Nation Radio, episode 200. Have a great weekend. Shout out, shout out Milan Lucic. Shout out Ben Stelter. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to Recording hit the subscribe stuff. button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. The story behind Edmonton Ver- Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.